This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome back to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am your host, Sheldon Primus. And this is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. So, you are probably wondering, well, after all the other things that we just heard the last couple of weeks about COVID-19 and the round table that you just uh, heard me do a little while ago, what do I have in store for you now? Well, guess what? We don't have anything about COVID-19 now. I actually got something that is about Jay Allen, Dr. Jay Allen of the Jay Allen Show. He is one of the people that have influenced me the most in becoming a podcaster. He's also been one of the people over the last year that we've really become friends. Uh, just help me really get some good ideas and clarity on where I want to be, my direction for this whole podcasting things, and yes, even monetizing. And uh, he's truly helped me just kind of understand, you know, just the things about this. This is really one of those, it's tough. <laughs> it really is because there's a lot to consider. You don't just hop on a microphone and then that's it. You're done. You hop on a microphone, you say a few things and then, all right, I got myself a podcast. Eh, it works a little bit more than that, you know, so... I had to learn a lot of that and I'm still learning. You know, I could truly say I am still learning. And you know, you probably saying, yeah, we listen to your podcast. We know you're still learning, but we're bearing with you because you're our bud. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, I just kind of, I was going to split this episode up into two, but I just, I think the information might be great just coming all at you. So if uh, you're with me, it's a longer interview. It's not as long as my Kevin interview. That's all right. Me and Kevin would go a long way. If you haven't heard Kevin Yarbrough, uh, that interview, and Kevin was one of the speakers at the, uh, the virtual roundtable that we did last week. You probably need to listen to that episode. It's long, but it was fun. This isn't going to be as long, but it's going to give, I'm going to give you guys the full episode because it was truly fun for me. I, every time I talk to that man, uh, Jay, I just really get a good, you know, kind of a kick in the butt. <laughs> he is like, I think he's an octopus. He's got hands and he's just going out there and he's got, you know, hands in this and then that. And he's, he's a master of almost everything he does. I'm a fan. I'm fanboying over here. <laughs> but anyway, now listen to this episode and just if you want to contact Jay uh, through his LinkedIn page, contact me through my LinkedIn page, download the Safety FM app, and I'll make sure I'll say that again later on. And truly, you want to make sure that you uh, you you plug into Safety FM and be part of what they're doing right now. So we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. And then after that, we're going to get right into the Jay Allen interview. And after the Jay Allen interview, we're also going to do a tip of the week this week. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll make this a back to our regular format. All right. So hang tight. Uh, after this brief word, I mean, brief, brief word, then we're going to go ahead and talk to Jay. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually 
done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. All right. Hold on. Are we recording? I have to be like everybody else when you get them on. Are we recording? Are, are, is it recording already? Oh, we're already going? It's like, yes. That's the whole reason. Is this thing on? <laughs> is this mic on? Tap, tap, tap. Oh, hold on. Is it working? Yeah. Can, you, can you hear me? Oh, man. That's why I love you, brother. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you honest there? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, tell me about your your journey as you got into, you know, not the safety and health side, but the radio station side. I'm, I'm so interested in your journey into starting Safety FM and the podcasting in this space. So how did I start Safety FM or how did the radio stuff start? Because, I mean, it's kind of almost two different stories. To be yeah, I want, the, I want the first one. I want the story of how you got got into this because that's your degree. So how do you get into this? Well, I got two degrees, so let's make sure that yeah, we're clear sure. on that particular portion because then people are going to be like, so what is he a doctor? And he's a doctor of what? Now, um, really what it started was when I was younger, my parents were both in the military, so we moved quite a bit. And I always noticed that when we were being driven from one place to another, when you got into a, the car, that particular person that was there with you that was playing the music and telling you everything that was going on was trying to drive you to a point where you weren't actually focusing if you were stuck in traffic. Yeah. Uh, so I always looked at it and I went, how much, I won't, I guess the word control is kind of bad, but how much control that person had of your environment and what was going on, the vibe and how things felt. And it was always theater. And I always huh. reference that since then, since I called it theater of the mind. And I'll say that I had some pretty big influences when I was younger, but probably one of the biggest influences was a guy that was based out of Puerto Rico, that his name was The Gangster. And No, really? That was his real name? That's his name. And the funny thing is that he still has a show that goes on right now in Puerto Rico. He's based, he's now based out of Miami, but he does some shows still in Puerto Rico. And the funny part is that I mentioned him now. He had a show that he put on at one of the biggest stadiums that they have in Puerto Rico, and they filled the sucker out. And it's an open-air stadium. Several thousands of people went because he used to do a night show, but then he he does this radio show, but let me not get too, let, let me get too far in that. But he would do the show from a perspective where he would get so close to the line of the things that you couldn't say at the time on the radio. But you understood what he was telling you, but he wasn't yeah. saying it, but it was close enough that you would have to, tr you would trigger it. I mean, at the same yeah. time, you could say that that's how Howard Stern was years ago before he had this oh, open format that he has. And of course, people are going, well, well, the two guys that you like are perverts. Well, I'm not saying that I like that they're perverted. I mean, I'm not saying that that's bad or good, but I look at it from the standpoint that they would get you right to the edge 
where you knew what they were talking about it without saying the bad thing. So I guess it was kind of like the double entendre aspect of it. So I always thought that that was interesting on how that would work. So it was like you could get so close without saying it, but people knew what you were saying. So as yeah. I went down that journey, there were so many different things that I wanted to do. I probably changed majors about five times before I decided that I wanted to be in radio, even though I knew all along that's what I wanted to do. But I just didn't think my parents would be okay with me saying, hey, I'm going to sit behind a microphone and do X, Y, and Z, opposed to actually going out there and doing what you know back then would be considered a real job because you would make money as a as a DJ because it was referred to as a disc jockey back then if you were in the prime times meaning morning drive or afternoon drive but on your way what's up back then? well give me, give me a timeline what's back then for you uh 90 well when i decided to do it it was probably 94 95 okay so that's what we're talking about but I'm saying at the time you could make minimum wage starting off at a radio station before you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on the market that you're in, of course. And I say that jokingly. Um, but, But I look at it and I go that at that particular time when I decided to do this, everybody gets so nervous when they get behind the microphone the first time because all of a sudden you think you turned on this microphone and thousands of people are listening. And I'm like, now I know, no, there's no one listening. If you look at it that way, it's so much easier. But back then it was like, oh my God, it's the end of the world because I turned it on and I would always freak out, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Wow. And from there, when you decided to actually get that first degree in broadcasting, what what was the uh, the conversation like first at, at home? What did you have to tell mom and dad that you're going to do? Well, I had already changed major so many times that I think they were just ready for me to actually be done. I think that, they were, <laughs> I think that if you look back at an older movie called Van Wilder, they thought, oh, yeah. they thought that I was taking the, the six-year approach. Yeah. Hold on, my phone is ringing, which I did not expect. This is fun. Oh, yeah. Well, it's oh, yeah, I hear it fine. Oh, great. And I already hung up on it, which is the even funnier part. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll save this section and I'll put a beat to it. Hold on. <laughs> wow, I have no way to hang that up. Sorry about That's that. right. Okay. Sorry about that. Wow. Just like a true pro. <laughs> like a true. See, that's what happens, man. You got to be ready. Huh? I'll just cut that part out and I'll drop a beat and make a commercial out of it. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, I mean, if we start talking about how it was at home, I had already changed stuff so many times at that particular point that, like I was saying, they probably thought that I was taking the Van Wilder approach of the six years of trying yeah. to, get my, to get my bachelor's degree. But they, my mom in particular said to me when I told her, she goes, I knew all along that's what you wanted to do. I just didn't know why it took you so long to get there. Really? <laughs> so I, so I kind of laughed. Um, oh, that's cool. So, Moms are awesome. But it, the, the funny part was I decided to do, to do that, but I had already taken a part-time job prior to changing over to do the degree at a radio station in Waco, Texas. And this radio station was known as KBBW 1010 AM. And my first job on the radio was actually taking church segments, playing them on the air, and then giving a recap of what I thought about them. Really? Mm-hmm. So it was wow, a pretty interesting was job because <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing because, you know, most people expect to play music, but that's what it was. So it was an AM station. And I will tell you, there were so many screw-ups that I had when I was <laughs> when I was there. Uh 
like let's say for instance uh, somebody would we would play something and you're supposed to turn off the microphone after you're done like giving your recap I would leave the microphone on and people would hear like noise in the background like doing all the weird stuff because I didn't know any better but I mean yeah. it was an it was an interesting experience I mean they were willing to take the the, the gamble and the bet on me on doing it so I mean it was fun but uh-huh. I got I got to be on some weird times I mean I got to be on in the middle of the day and covering some of the covering some of those shows then they did a show called Celebration Saturday Night where we got to play heavy metal Christian music which that was pretty interesting oh, as well so Striper well, no <laughs> Striper was no here was the funny part we were not allowed to play certain bands because what? let me explain why because you had to pay copy you had to pay for the copyright to play it and they had a license agreement for one company, but not the other. And Striper fell under the category of the one that we did not have. You're like, it's a really good one. I can't play. Now I'm done with you. Well, no, it was, <laughs> like, back then it was like Striper and Petra and... Petra, yeah, I love me some Petra. Mortal, uh, it was like Mortal Bride. Those were like very popular groups at the time. So it's funny because every once in a while I'll bust out with like the old songs from like the Bride albums that I used to have and things to that extent. Yeah, well, I, I actually, uh, in that time, I was very big in my youth group. Uh, well, not at that time. Though. I'm, I'm, You're big at the youth group. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but in my youth group band, I used to play uh, some of that stuff with the band, um, a drummer. So we were just getting down to some Striper and Petra and Res Band, if you ever heard of them. Uh, Larry Norman. <laughs> that, was old that one doesn't band. ring a bell, but I remember that there was a whole period of time that Striper went from a Christian band to all of a sudden becoming a a Satan worshiping band. Then yeah. they went back, which was kind of funny, but it was they went from yellow, yeah. I think it was yellow and black to blue to blue and black. And now that we've lost ten thousand listeners, um, just because I'm talking about this. <laughs> See, I'm giving safety consultants other things to think about. You know, start <laughs> thinking about Striper. Yeah, <laughs> go get your tights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go get your yellow and black and uh, and start the the yellow and black attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I wanted to think about that and and just really get you in memory lane a little is because uh, somehow this got triggered later on in your life and you decided that you want to spin this into the safety realm. What what happened there? Well, the thing that I kept on noticing was that I had fallen in love with safety down the path and a couple couple hundred things changed. Um, I had the opportunity to go to different radio stations, but I wasn't willing to take the pay cut compared to the job that I had at the time. So that was the reason why I went down the path. But I fell in love later down the road with safety and I kept on looking around at the different things that were there. And I noticed there was a lot of stuff in the safety realm, let's say, that were out there. And there was just very limited podcasts that were out there in regards of safety. And podcasting was becoming big. I mean, it's still big. What people forget is that podcasting has been around since, the, I believe it's the late 90s. There was a guy named Adam Curry that was on MTV that he was kind of oh, like yeah. the godfather of podcasting. But a lot of people don't acknowledge that, but that's how it came about. Was he really? Yeah. Adam Curry? Yeah, Adam Curry. Good old Adam Curry. He was the first one, started driving that whole thing. But back then it was a hot mess on trying to get all these things accomplished on how you had to go about doing it. So it was very complicated. It wasn't It's not the simple process that it is today. Wow. So as I took a look around, I noticed that there were some good podcasts that were out there. Then there were some where you would go in and listen to it and it was like more like a two-minute commercial for somebody's service, but they claimed that it was a podcast. So I looked at it and I said, there's really not a radio space, quote unquote, 
for podcasting. And I said, what if we did it more along the lines of a radio station opposed to it just being a podcast? So I said, let's take that approach on it. Now, as I have had this discussion with you, I know offline, I'm never sure if we've had it online, where Safety FM does not mean what most people think it does. It is not safety frequency modulation. Safety FM stands for Safety Focus Moment because that's the name of the company that I own. And that's how Safety FM, the name came about because I knew Safety Focus Moment was way too long. So we had to do something shorter because we wanted to do that podcast. And that's how Safety FM came about for name purposes. It was a discussion between my wife and I of actually coming up with that. And she was like, Mm -hmm. that's what it needs to be. So as we moved forward, as we moved forward with it, I came to the realization that I liked the whole radio aspect, but that wasn't for everyone. It wasn't the whole, oh, let's kind of do, you're listening to Power Rock 77 or anything along those lines. Love that. (laughs) But it needed to be something that you had different variation. So I decided to come up with a network where someone could come to it and listen to different hosts and different styles of safety. Because I wanted it to be more of a one-stop shop opposed Mm -hmm. to it being, I have to, if I want to hear something about behavior-based safety, I need to go over here. If I want to hear something about lean, I need to go over there. If I want to hear something about hop, I need to go over here. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot more information on the station about hop than what there is about anything else. I'm not going to lie. That is how it works. I think they're a hop guy. Well, I'm a hop guy. And the guy that I've looked up to for years has been Todd Conklin. I mean, like I tell people, if you listen to the first hundred episodes of my show, it's probably a love letter to Todd Conklin. Um, But what it boils down to is that I wanted people to have options. And believe me, I didn't get into the space because I thought Todd was doing something wrong. That's not the case at all. I just wanted to do it from a different approach. But I really admired a lot of the stuff that he was doing. But yeah. as we moved forward, I just wanted to bring a group together. And I think that right now we have such a diverse group inside of Safety FM based on the things that are going on. I think right now we're up to about 12 shows in total on the station, which you would have told me this a few years back. I would have never fathomed that would have occurred. Yeah. And truly, when when you like download the app Safety FM and you get it in your app store, if you're iTunes or Google, just go to the App Store, download the Safety FM app, and then you could truly listen any time of the day to any you know broadcaster that's out there, and you could get the feel of safety through different eyes, different lenses. That's what I like about it. And sometimes in my day, I'm like mowing the lawn or something, and I click on the app to get on there, and I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> or sometimes I listen, and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I haven't listened to this person in a while, and truly to get that that touch of safety where it's not always pressure, pressure, pressure to perform at work. It's a good, it's really actually uh, a way to kind of enlighten yourself about other people's view of safety. That's what I like about it. Well, what I thought was interesting is just the different approaches because, I mean, if we kind of went through a breakdown, if you take a listen to like the stuff that Jill James is doing, she starts driving that conversation on how did somebody become a safety pro by accident, which Mm -hmm. I think is such a great approach. You take a listen to Crucial Talks with Mike Saddam. He's taking kind of like the military approach to how they have conversations which is very interesting on how on how they do it. The Essential Leadership Cycle podcast with Rob Fisher, that's exactly it. He's talking to leadership groups on how they can actually apply some of the stuff that's going on, but he does it inside of a cycle. If you look at the cycle and how you tie the people into it. I have to tell you, I have fallen in love with 
um, with Sam Goodman, and I don't mean that in a, in a weird way. I mean that it, with, the, with the best part. No, because I say it because he he takes what I would deem the rock and roll approach to how he talks about safety. And it's just, it's just such a different approach, and it definitely has a younger vibe. It's not going to be a show for everyone, and he's very honest and upfront and tells you exactly what he thinks, which is good and bad depending on on, how, on what you're looking for. And then yeah, I see the Twitch. Yeah, no, his, he's, yeah, he's, like, wow. yeah, he's on Twitch. He just recently wrote a book. He started a university. I mean, the the guy reminds me of somebody else that I know that has the entrepreneur entrepreneur spirit that, you know, does a lot of things. <clears throat> <clears throat> Nobody in particular, you know, that I'm talking to right now. But, you, but no, he does a lot of things like that. The other portion is that I wanted to bring different things. So if you take a listen to like Tim Ludwig, he gives it to you from a behavior-based safety side. Then you have the same Justice League, which is a group approach. Approach, And when I when I started contacting with them, I told them, hey, listen, I'm not looking for the morning zoo, but I want it to be a younger demographic. Then we have the Safety Pro with um, Blaine J. Hoffman. And I will tell you, that guy has probably some of the best knowledge of, of some of the podcasts that are on there and how he dives into some of these things. Yeah. So you have that. Then we recently signed... Drew Ray and David Proven out of Australia. And they're doing something called the Safety of Works podcast. And that particular uh, one, it's like Mythbusters. They take they take something, they'll put it into their lab and they break it down over an hour period on if it actually works or not. And it's such a different approach than anything else that I've heard. Of course, I've already given my love to Todd, so we already know about that. And he's been doing that pre-accident investigation. I think he's almost up to 600 episodes as we speak. Yeah. Then well, you're, you're, how did you get him on the station? Uh, somebody has told me in the past that I have the gift of gab. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I did, and now it's it's kind of a, it's a funny story. I actually went to the American Society of Safety Professionals. Yes, I really did. Believe it or not. Um, <laughs> not even going to mention it. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I really have been to their conferences. Um, I went. I want to say it was in Atlanta the first time, and they were doing the oh, that one. So they were doing the session where it was Scott Geller and Todd Conklin at their one of their main planetary sessions. And I'll be honest, I was going there with the intention to seeing Scott Geller because Scott Geller. I looked at him and he was one of those people that when I was involved heavily with um, the National Safety Council and doing defensive driving, he was one of the teachers on the course. So I wanted to see him in person. And all of a sudden I see this guy on the stage by the name of Todd Conklin, not really knowing a lot about him at the time. But the approach that he had about safety really kind of boggled my mind. I was like, wow, this guy has such great knowledge base, blah, blah, blah. So they did a book signing after their little session. And I went and stood in line and had Todd sign my book. And he asked me my name, blah, blah, blah. And he signed it. And I was like, cool. So I started to listen to Todd's podcast and started following a lot of the stuff that he was doing, found some of his other books, continued to read some of those. Then the next year, I went to the one, I want to say it was in, De- I, I want to say it was Denver. Mm-hmm. Don't hold me 100%. I think it was Denver. So yeah. I go to, so I go to Denver and he's there again. And I, they're doing like round 2, the challenge bar 2 or whatever the hell. Um <laughs> so I go and Todd's selling the same book. And I'm like, well, now I have already started my own podcast by then. And I thought it was interesting because we had some similar backgrounds where he was in radio 
and then got into safety all that all that kind of fun stuff so as i'm standing in line i decided to purchase the same book again not letting him know that and then i have the opportunity at the at that point that i say hey would you be interested in coming onto the show he says yes and i think he was kind of reluctant of doing it i mean this is my personal opinion not knowing yeah. who I was. So he agrees to do it. And ever since then, we kind of have struck up different conversations. Yeah. Where I got to the point where I I wanted him to know that I was in competition. It was more me giving homage to the things that he had done. Not that he needed anything to that extent, but I wanted yeah. him to know that I had a place for him on the station if he was interested in coming on. Oh, very cool. I, I uh <laughs> You know, I guess after he, uh, he dropped the restraining order from you, he decided to go ahead and join the team. Well, something like that. But I mean, Todd Todd has such an interesting approach on the way that he wants his stuff to come about. And he has never, like, tried to push his stuff to be overly produced or anything to that extent. Todd actually does basic recording that's the way that he wants his stuff to sound and mm -hmm. and i don't mean that in a bad way he has a he has an intro um he has kind of like a like a preview clip an intro and then he goes into it and that's what he likes and i've i've attempted in the past to say hey let's do it this and this and this and he likes his formula and his formula works i mean he's normally ranked within the top three podcasts across the board in safety so he's yeah. definitely doing something right. Um, so I take a look at it and I was like, if, if you don't want to change your formula, no, let's not change it. So that I had to get over that because I, I'm always trying to go, let's change everybody's stuff and make it sound like this. But no, everybody has their own approach. And the funny part is that a lot of the stuff that I do with Safety FM, most of the time it occurs like this. I'm sitting around, I look for new safety podcasts. I take a listen to it. I go, wow, I really like that. I think it can fit and I either email the person or call them out of the blue and go, hey, how would you like to be on there? And they're like, what? What is this? Either they know who I am or they have no clue who I am. They're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? So it's kind of funny. Hmm. I think that's, right. that's exactly how it happened with you. And that, that, that is it. I mean, that's the funny part because I was I was I was online. It was the funny part, and I was taking a look at some of the different aspects that were there. And I think you had just said that you were releasing a podcast, so I took a listen, and I was like, "This guy has really really good information." And I kept on going, "Does he know what good information he actually has?" That was my first question. <laughs> Because, and I think you were just releasing it to a website, if I remember correctly, and don't hold That's me. That's exactly right. That's the only way I knew how. And I was like, no, you have to get your information out there. And that's why I called you. And I remember I was I was about to jump in the car and leave. And I was like, I don't like to call people when I'm about to get into the car. But I was like, I think it's so important. And I think we spoke the first time for a good hour, if I remember yes. correctly. And yeah. it was like going back and forth with some ideas. I was like, this is what we can do. Because I never wanted to sound like a sales pitch because it's really not a sales pitch. It's more of how can we amplify what you have? And yeah. that's what I was looking to do. Yeah. And of course, I got another couple shows there. And that one of them is my show. And then I did the Rated R Safety Show, which that's probably the one thing. Well, the, the, my personal show, the Jay Allen Show, does pretty well. And we had converted it over from Safety FM to the Jay Allen Show because there was some confusion between the station and my show. So I wanted to kind of separate those two things after episode 100. But then yeah. a lot of people kept on saying, we want more of a realistic approach about safety, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, cool, we can do that. 
Um, and then as I decided to do that, it became, I wanted to call it the triple X show at first, but that <laughs> went down way too perverse of an angle. And I did not realize that inside of the porn industry, there's actually safety positions. So that was something I discovered. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I really did not know that. And once yeah, I started reading it's the- a big, big, big uh, issue because they have uh, bloodborne pathogens, uh, bath, bloodborne pathogens that they have to deal with. They have to deal with a lot of, uh, well, for, for that type of industry. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll put you this, but it took me down a path that I did not expect to go down when I started okay. doing when I, I mean, I don't want to have to explain it. <laughs> I mean, logically, yes, it made sense. But once I started looking into it, I was like, yeah, this is probably not a good idea. And then once you would do the search for Triple X or when you went for rated or Triple X safety show, just a whole bunch of weird stuff came about. So I was like, let's do rated R. But then I was like, it sounds so much like the Rihanna album, which I was kind of like. So I wanted to make sure that it was very specific. And I was so hesitant at first. About really I remember the calls and texts. You weren't sure. You know, I wasn't sure about doing it because I thought I was going to get a lot of flack. And then I was very nervous about putting my name to it. I was like, I don't really want people to know that it's me. And I didn't want to do anything that people knew exactly that it was me. So we did some voice changers and I would do some goofy stuff with my with my voice. Then it just got to the point that I was like, "This is kind of stupid. I shouldn't do that." Well, even now, you say in the uh, in the intro, you, you don't say uh, you're a doctor, and then you let it fade out. Uh, but, but I'm doing I'm doing video now. I mean, people kept on requesting video. I mean, by now, I think people know that it's me. But I'll, yeah. I catch more flack for that show than anything else. And then it's funny because when I have somebody come on to be interviewed, they're not sure at first when we're going through the whole process of coming on. It's like, are you putting me on that show? Or are you coming or am I going on to your other show? Because they don't know that there's a difference between the two. So sometimes I have to go through these long explainers of, now I have an interview show and this other show is this me being a jackass and I have people, well, it's the truth. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still me. It's still my, it's still my thought process and it's not, it's all you. No, but it's not a character and that's what a lot of people get confused. They're like, so what, what show is a character? Well, neither show is a character. Both of them are me. It's that you just get a different variation of me depending on what you're wanting to listen to. Because I don't make the show, the Jay Allen show about me, even though it has my name. I make it about the individual that's there. Because if you wanted to hear about me, then I would just do a show where I'm talking to myself. And that became the Rated R Safety Show. And I give you the stuff that's going on mostly inside of the news, how it ties into the world of safety. And if I don't agree with something, (laughs) <laughs> I don't hesitate to let you know how I feel about it. Some organizations, oh, yeah. some organizations know that as well. Yeah, those most recent episodes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, thank you so much for letting me do. And um, did I come, come out distorted all of a sudden? No, you're fine. Okay, uh, but thank you for letting me do. How many episodes? Uh, I can't even remember. I did like? <laughs> no, I'll tell you when, when my when I remember calling you from the hospital. Uh, oh, yeah. I was on the verge of giving birth and I was like, okay, we thought we were going to be over two days. We This is going to be like seven. And I was like, I know you've already done a couple shows. Can I hit you up for doing about three more right now? <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and, yeah, you, and you hit them right on the spot. And I, and I love it because I didn't, the times that you've come on, I really didn't give you anything. It was like, what do I talk about? I was like, talk about whatever you want. It's in the news. I don't know. Where? Where from? Wherever you want. I think one time. One time I gave you where I got a lot of my news source, but everything else has been just you. 
Yeah. Those are the buried archives. <laughs> well, they're not buried. They're actually there. But what I tell people is, if we're going to have a guest or if we're going to have somebody that's ranting, it needs to be them. It doesn't need to be a variation of being me because that's not what people want to hear. That's why you're being a special guest host on doing it. And my whole plan was, with that show as it started, was that it was going to be a ranting show for people to come on and complain about what they didn't like about their job. And that's perfectly fine. But then it got to the point where people were so scared on how they were going to be able to determine what their voice was that a lot of people started sending me information for me to read. And I was like, I, it just doesn't come across as genuine. Yeah. I read it. Like, I had a person that came on, and they went so specific about that their boss got their teeth, they got caught in a machine and it knocked out their front teeth and all that. And I was like, wow, that's like really getting to the edge of getting specific. But they were comfortable with doing that. And we, and we did some filters through it, but I do so many filters on those voices where people shouldn't be able to break them down. But then people are, of course, always get nervous of, what if somebody figures out who it is? Because of course, technology, now I'm able to do that. But it what means yeah. down the road that if they won't, somebody won't be able to crack it. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much right now. I think podcasting is our future, right? And um, there's so many people that are getting into the space and it's still new. So that's why I wanted to have you on. I really wanted to figure out how can you, for you know, people like me, people like my listeners, uh, how can you use podcasting to help with your business, especially if you're going to have to do more virtual things? Well, I, I, if I go based on what I read, Zoom is the future because apparently everybody wants to do a video chat. No, but, but all joking aside, podcasting, it's really, the funny part is that people think that it's new, but it's really not. It's been across for about 20 some odd years. It's just becoming popular now because a lot of the people that were in the radio space are coming more and more across to the equation. And so, and there's money to be in it. Let's, let's not be fake about it. A lot of people go, well, there's no money in podcasting. Uh, yeah, there is. You just need to know how to, how to work it. Now, Can you tell them some? Of no, course. Without, I mean, without the secret sauce going away? Just no, it, it's not secret sauce. The thing is, I can tell you, if you go take this $3,000 course, it will show you how to do it. And that's not what you need. What you need is something pretty simple. If you want to do a podcast and you don't want it to sound, oh, it has to sound perfect right out of the bat, you can probably get this done within a couple hundred bucks. Relatively easy. You buy a microphone, you buy a preferable kit. You can buy a Yeti mic. It's probably going to be one of your better your better microphones to purchase. And I would say Is get the, the Yeti. Snowball people? I would say get the, yeah, they make the Snowball, but I would probably recommend the one that's called the Yeti Caster if I had to go okay. specific. And believe me, they are not a sponsor by any show and I don't get anything in return. So I just want to make sure that we're clear there. And the reason why I say that one is because it brings a boom arm and it also brings something that when you put the mic inside of it, it's a shock absorber. So if you were to hit the desk where the microphone's at, it doesn't actually make the sound that you hit it. So I think that's important. That's important. So that way you can absorb the shock when you're doing anything. But then the next thing that you can do is you can actually grab something like Audacity or Anchor, where it allows you to record and upload your podcast. And I'll tell you, I'm not a big, huge fan of Anchor, but they're free services. And the reason why I mention Anchor is because it's free, but they require that you make an ad for them about that you're using their service, which I think is weird, but that's just me. But when you're going to, when you're going to do a podcast, remember, the content needs to be solving a problem for a person. Don't do a podcast if you're selling an if you're making an ad. If it's the if you're doing it for an ad and you're not resolving someone's problem, they're not going to stick around. 
just kind yeah. of how it goes. You have to be giving something to someone that's a solution. So if you're solving a problem, people will stick. If you're not solving a problem, most people won't care. And what I notice a lot of po new podcasts are doing is, well, I'm recording a podcast now because I have time. Well, that does not make me feel like what you're giving to me right now has a lot of value to it. Because you're doing it because you're free. Because if it was something that was important to you, you'd make, you'd make time to do so. The other thing that I see that's an error from most people starting off is they want to interview everybody who works for them. They think that their podcast consists of, let me interview Bob that's over here. That's Bob in the purchasing. <laughs> yeah, Bob from purchasing. Susan from accounting. Jill in transportation. And it's like, no, people don't care about that. They want to know what is it that you can resolve for me for the problem that I have. If you're able to resolve my problem, I'm willing to come back. The other thing is you have to know your target audience. We can sit here today and we could record a four-hour podcast. And some people might turn around and go, there's no way I'm listening to four hours. But if I am a audience member of the Joe Rogan podcast, I'm going to sit there with Joe for four yeah. hours because he's going to talk about things that are not going to be in a sequence and they're going to go all over the place. So you almost have to train your audience to what you're providing to them. So you have to understand them better. So if yeah. your target demographic is younger generation, you're probably going to want to do something between five to seven minutes. Well, people are going to say, well, case studies show that with podcasting, you can go as long as you want and people will stick around. Yes, but it cannot be safety related. Most of those are entertainment related or they're specific to a person. And someone like people, a lot of people say that Joe Rogan is the Oprah Winfrey for males. I agree. There is some, <laughs> there is some truth to that because people will stick around for his stuff because he has very interesting things. He also has like almost 1,200 podcasts, maybe even more than that now. Wow. I still remember him on um, the Dave Chappelle show. <laughs> well, he was on Dave Chappelle. And was he, all, he was also on that talk radio show that used to be with Phil Hartman for many, many oh, years yeah. ago. A lot of people probably mostly remember him from Fear Factor, or if not, they yeah. remember or from the UFC. But that's the thing. It's using the concept, and it's not always about selling. And that's where the other portion is. People think that it has to sound perfect. It has to be about me selling something. And that's not the case. It's a solution to a problem. And sometimes it can just be a conversation. What I like to do from time to time is that I will actually take a whole bunch of questions that listeners have sent in. And I'll just answer them. Based, and it, there's not even like a sequence that makes sense to most people. And I just answer the questions on what they wanted to know. And what I'm trying to establish as I'm doing this, it's a relationship. Like there's radio shows that I used to listen to when I was younger. Yeah. And I would say, hey, I want to listen to what, well, well, I'll use this guy because I know that he's controversial in Florida. What Bubba the Love Sponge is doing. Bubba the Love Sponge out of Tampa, and, yeah. Out of Tampa. And I would, yeah, I would turn around and think that me and Bubba knew each other. Well, I knew of Bubba because of all the stuff that he would that he was saying. But if I ever ran into him, he had no clue who I was. But that's what yeah. you're developing. You're developing a relationship. And that's I'm pretty why... sure Hogan, Hulk Hogan's wife know, uh, knows Bubba. Wow, you went there. I didn't even know if I should touch anything like that. I, I know that your show is kind of PG, so I don't want to go too too dark here. Like, you, you pull that stuff out of me, Jay. You pull that stuff out. You can go rated R right away. But no, yeah. but that's the thing that I'm talking about. You're developing a relationship. And the relationship is mostly one-sided. But you want people you want people to almost assume that they're... I'm not going to say the fly on the wall. 
because it's the fly on the wall concept of where they get to listen. But now, because of how podcasting is, there's so much more interactivity. You can do it from the standpoint where you can leave it open to where if you're recording a podcast today where somebody can send in questions Mm -hmm. and answer them on the next one. So we had several listeners that came in and had questions about X, Y, and Z that we covered. So let's do this. And that's how you're able to move forward. And that's an option. But some people mm-hmm. like to do these build outs on these podcasts where they're actually doing them where they have like 20 podcasts in the can. So you can't do that because people, by the time that you answer, they're not even sure what the hell you're talking about unless you're going very specific. You can't say, yeah. hey, Jill from North Dakota reached out to us back on episode 23. Now we're on episode 30 and we're going to go ahead and give a response. Who knows if Jill's still even sticking around? But I mean, there might be other people that are interested, but it's developing a relationship. And I and I tell people they need to understand that turning on a microphone and doing a recording does not make you a podcaster. It makes you somebody who knows how to record something. Most podcasts don't make it past episode 14. Really? Yeah, because they realize that there's, there's actually so much work that you have to do with it. Because besides that you're doing this, you have to promote it. You have to edit it to some extent, unless you just want to put the recording out how it is. Some people like transcripts. Not everybody likes to listen to stuff. Some people like videos. Some people like just to read. Some people just want to read the podcast. So it depends on how you want to do it. And that's the that's the fun part. Because when you start figuring out all that stuff, your one-hour recording, your 20-minute recording, can become a several-hour project. Mm-hmm. I have a podcaster that does a 30-minute show on a, on a bi-weekly basis. He spends four hours on it between Whoa. the recording, the editing, the promoting. He transcribes his whole podcast himself. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it all depends on what you want it to do. I mean, this can actually become a business for some people. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it's easy. It is. it is easy to do. But also at the end of the day, you have to figure out what it is. Also, some like I'll use an example, like someone like Todd. Todd doesn't sell anything on his he doesn't look for advertisers. He doesn't look for anything else. It's just him talking about what's going on in the world. And I'll tell you, ever since the whole thing with COVID-19 has started, he went from doing two episodes a week where he's doing seven episodes a week. Oh, man. Man's bored. <laughs> I would imagine, but I mean, not all of them are super long, but it's all information about what's relevant in real time. Yeah, well, sign me up. I'm listening to him. <laughs> but I mean, that's, his mouth, I want it. <laughs> but I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Boy, there's so many other things I could say about you just saying that. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Rated R safety <laughs> show. <laughs> I mean, you have to look at it from that particular standpoint. It's whatever you're trying to get to your target audience. And yeah. doing it is pretty simple. Microphone, computer, and somewhere to actually distribute it from. Now I will tell you, it's real easy. Those two programs again that you're using, you or at well, least you suggest for the beginners. I would say for beginners, Audacity would be one, free, yeah. and the other one is Anchor, Anchor FM. I mean, and of course, there's some there's some ones that you can pay for. Um, if you what went about to GarageBand for no, people on iTunes, well, GarageBand is fine, but GarageBand is only for recording. Oh. So it's not a hosting platform. I mean, you can go to somewhere like Spreaker, which we use for years, and Spreaker's good, but it only gives you 15 minutes of recording. So if your if your target's 15 minutes or less, that's fine. Yeah. So I would recommend that one. I I really like that one. Um, but then there's ones that the higher up you get, the more storage place space you want, and more things you want to do, they charge you 
to use them. So, like I always tell people, don't spend tons of money on doing this. See where mm-hmm. it goes first, because I have had also people that I talk to that they'll go out and spend thousands of dollars worth of equipment starting off. They make it week 14 and they fold. Week 14. I'm like 60 something. I, I should have folded right now, shouldn't I? Well, I say <laughs> to most people, there's 4,000 new podcasts that start every week. That was before we got into this mess with COVID-19. Yeah, so, yeah. And I can tell you that there's a lot more podcasts in the place right in the space right now. And a lot of it is just stuff of people turning around saying how they're COVID experts. And I get very worried when I hear that because all of a sudden, yeah. like, how did you become an expert? And don't tell me because it's the stuff that you ran on the news. Because that's not the case. <laughs> it's not how expert thing works, does it? <laughs> well, for some it does. I mean, if I said it, if I repeat it, um, then you know that it's true. I always tell people you have to vet the information. And if you're going to turn around and tell people that you're an expert, you're going to have to be very, very careful with some of the information that you decide to, to share. Yes. And... That also leads me to, uh, well, I had three questions. I'm going to throw them out, and then I'll just let you go. Okay. Uh, one question came from my brother, Mark in Rochester. He actually was thinking about it. He's a, uh, he's a doctor uh, a soci- doctor in sociology, and he's a professor for Nazareth College. Oops, Mark, sorry. <laughs> but, <anyway. laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he, he actually was, he loves the idea, but he's, he doesn't have that personality. And he says, do you need that dynamic personality? personality in order to go to podcasting so that's one question I, well um, uh, let's take them one at a time because i think it'll probably okay. be easier if not i'll get all mixed up and i won't remember anything because i can't remember anything over five seconds anyways all right good you know, what i look at is that i don't really get too hung up about the personality aspect because let's i can do it this way if i was like hi this is jay allen coming to you live from the safety fm studios i sound pukey to some people because of how i just did my voice <laughs> Yeah. Some people don't like the drawn out approach where I sound monotone on when I'm talking yeah. to people. Some people don't like when people are smiling when they're talking. But so it's all depending on what audience you're going after. So that's what he would have to make the determination. Does the audience that he normally goes after, what are they looking for? And, and it has to be sustainable to him too, isn't it? Right. And that's the other portion there, because you have to look at what your market is, what you're trying to go after. And then you don't want to become something you're not. Because if you start pretending to be, hi, I'm Captain Go Lucky. And let's go ahead and talk about this. And that's not you. That's going to get old really, really quick. So that's something that you would have to put into consideration. So I don't think personality is such a huge aspect, but you don't want to make it also so boring where people are falling asleep while they're listening to your podcast. It's like, oh, I need to take it. I'm going to go go to bed. I'm going to take a listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good one. Um, other one is for my brother, Ken. <laughs> See? Am I answering this question for your brother? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know Ken, but uh, he actually is, is truly he's on the cusp i mean he is there and he has to think of monetizing too and i told him you know i said you got to talk to jay jay's the one that could talk through that stuff on you know for a thousand people that you have to download you could add for x amount of ad revenue and i know it's it's out there and youtube and everything else but like i got you here so might as well in general not for you but in general what what's the formula for making money through ad streams or how can you make money in podcasting? 
Well, what I always tell people is that starting off, if you're starting off as a brand new podcaster, the probably the best and easiest thing to do is find somebody to sponsor your show directly. Um, you can go through an advertising agency, but advertising agencies normally want you to have several thousand listeners, which is not normally where most people start off when they do their first podcast. So what I normally would recommend, let's say, for instance, there's a brand that you like. And let's... Thousand listeners per episode, thousand yeah. listeners per month, a per, per day. Per episode is normally what most advertising agency wants. Now, per month, per episode, and that's normally based on a 30-day back channel. So meaning that if you released your episode today, they would go back, you would go back on June the 7th and give them a readout on how many thousands of listeners you've had over the last month. Mm, okay. So starting off, I normally tell people the easiest thing to do would be as follows. So let's say, for instance, that you love the ASSP. I don't know why they came to my mind first. <laughs> um, you would reach out to them and say, hey, would you be interested in sponsoring my podcast? You guys make a determination on if that would be something that you, they would share either revenue with you or if they would share, let's say, for instance, you would, you would be bartering where they would give you some kind of source material, maybe an entry to a virtual conference that they have going on um, I'm, just saying, I'm not evil I'm just saying you know what you could do and so then you would do you would do that as for a monthly reoccurring thing or you would do that per episode you would have to make that determination I've noticed that mostly starting off you're better off doing it on a monthly basis okay. or it might be like a, a reoccurring agreement I, I try to avoid the word contract because it's an agreement because if you tell somebody hey I want to get you into a six month contract into supporting my podcast, they're probably not going to be too, they're not going to probably be gung ho about doing it, especially because you're a new podcaster. And then the other thing is, remember the moment you get advertisers that you're dealing yeah. with on a one by one scenario, they think that they have some versionality of control of your content. So you have to be very careful with that. Or when you start getting with the national agencies, the agencies are already kind of know what your show is about. So they just go, okay, cool. You be you and run with it. Where when you're starting to deal with the one-on-ones, they go, well, can you say it here? Can you say it in the middle? Can you say it at the beginning of the actual show? Now, keep in mind, there's different price points per ads. The cheaper price point for an ad is that if you have an ad on your podcast, the cheapest point that you should sell it for is at the very end. The most expensive one should be dead in the middle of the podcast. And medium price should be the one at the very beginning. How long are these ads? Uh, it depends on what you want to do. Um, most companies ask for anything between 30 to 60 seconds. And I've heard some go as long as two to three minutes, but you don't want it to sound too addish at the same time too. And I recommend strongly only go with products that you believe in. Because if you go with something that it's not something that you use, probably not a good idea. Like right now, I actually carry my head shaved. I started off by choice, not so much now. Um, but if somebody, <laughs> but if somebody actually came up to me and said, "Hey, would you help promote hair gel?" I'm probably not the right person for it. I don't think we're going to be getting anything out there. And that's what yeah. that's what your that's what your advertiser is going to be looking for. What can they get in return? And what I recommend normally, and starting off, it's a little bit more difficult to do, is if you're doing something that's website related for them to give you a landing page. So um, in this case, it would be, let's say for instance, assp.org forward slash new podcast, hypothetical. Mm -hmm. And then that way, you know, 
how they, you know how exactly it's tracking. No, I don't think they're going to give me one for the rated R safety show. But I mean, we, I, we can try. Um, but you know, RRSS, just in case. Um, but, you know, that's just something to think about. So you have to keep that in mind, too, because they're wanting to see what they're going to get at the end. Because they can invest this money into your podcast. But if they're not getting something in return, how long are they going to stick around? Yeah. And they and, have to give um, you track it. And I was about to say, uh, do you know of any good tracking software? Well, the thing is that normally when you start doing that, that's why I'm saying you would want to do some kind of landing page or code because you can track your website or wherever it's actually going to. But the thing is, you really have to push the code. If you don't push the code and they just go to the website and buy it and don't reference that you did it, you're not getting anything in return out of it. Yeah. All right, that's good. So to answer good. your question, no, I don't have great software for it because it, it's such a big variation. A lot of companies yep. are very hesitant about you tying in your software to their stuff. But for tracking podcast, most of the actual engines or hosting platforms will give you the numbers from there, opposed to it being like some kind of pre-tracker. And then you have to be careful too, because there's some people that use go out there and use something known as bots where they do auto downloads, which is just, my just next question. You read my mind. Well, no, those are just vanity numbers. And what you're looking for there, yeah, it, it helps you from a selling point, but it's a vanity number. And they're very easy to track because most of your hosting platforms have this new certification that's known as, I believe it's known as the IAAB. And this will actually tell you in real time if somebody's actually downloading the podcast or if they in return are actually have it some kind of system that is just doing it over and over and over again. So what that IAB stands for, just to make sure, is mm -hmm. the Interactive Advertising Bureau. And this actually validates that you're really having true traction to the podcast opposed to some bot just pulling it over and over again. All right. Well, I get um, LinkedIn messages constantly, constantly from people that says, well, we have live people that are going to interact with your show and uh, hi hire me as a podcast promoter. I call it gaming for me. I, am I missing something? No, and some people do that. And that's something that's known, but it's you playing the vanity numbers. Um, I will tell you, I was on a platform and the platform decided to actually put that out where they were going to go into this IAB designation. And a lot of people lost their lost it on there because they were like, you're hurting my revenue streams all of a sudden because now they can't charge ad agencies what they were charging them before because now they're tracking on credibility. And the, the unfortunate portion, it's no different than like having a, a like the old school Nielsen rating books. Remember yeah. that they were basing it off of per thousand when you would sign in that book, what you were watching or listening to. But this yeah. gives you the availability of having somebody cheat the system for you. Um, if you're a, a frequent American Idol listener or watcher from back in the day when it used to be on Fox, they used to have a reference to something known as a power dialer for when you could vote. That they would say, if you have a power dialer, they won't count that traction. That's essentially what this IAB thing does. If it keeps on saying that the same IP address is pulling, it will not count the numbers. That's why you hear this reference of real people doing it. So what they do is they actually sign up for a whole bunch of fake accounts and start pulling your information down. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that's... Um, I just, 
<laughs> well, I'm t- uh, this whole episode is for those people, especially my safety consultants that are listening, and they might want to go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and brothers yeah, that want to get into this, then, you know, how are they going to not only get some kind of return for their effort, but how can they do this, uh, quite honestly, bootstrapping? Let's say it that way. And you've given them plenty of things to do bootstrapping as well as what equipment to use and what everything means, how to, you know, pick your target market and make sure that you know that you, you're giving them value. Don't be fake, be you. Uh, those are all the things that you're just giving them. Is there anything else you want to throw in that's, you know, a, a good thing for someone who's like, all right, I need to branch out or I need to get out of myself, get into this podcasting thing because I think I have something to say to someone. Uh, what other tips do you have, if any? I know you, you've exhausted quite a bit. So oh. anything else that you're thinking? We could be here for several hours, to be honest with you. But here's the thing. Um, what I would tell people right away, if you're going to do any kind of interview style show, have some some form of release form. The reason that I say this is because you don't want guests coming onto your show saying something off kilter that does not match with your brand or match with what your belief systems are or how things should be done. Um, that way, they're you know they're taking accountability for the things that they say. So have that, and I would have some form of disclaimer, even if it's you voicing it at the end or the beginning of the podcast, just for people to know that not everything that's being said on the podcast is one hundred percent exactly the thoughts and opinions of your show because not everything that's going to be said is always going to be a hundred percent within your belief systems mm-hmm. that's a good idea I, I think i need to add that here now in episode 60 something <laughs> hey, i tell that to people all the time like i always say is that if i try to have somebody come on and they say that they are not willing to sign off on our our disclosure agreement then we're not interviewing them because I'm just not going to take the risk and the liability of them saying something stupid like uh, go jump off a bridge and people decide to listen to them for doing so. And all of a sudden now I'm on the hook because I was the one that had them on the show. Oh, what do you think about um, an excellent point not to discard that just something just threw in my mind. Um, Right now I've been using a Patreon page. I know you have as well. Uh, I've seen there's so many podcasters out there and the reason I got into it was because of a podcast that I've been listening to and uh, actually Flip Lifestyle. I was going to say, I I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) so I, I believe in helping them and believe in supporting them but I didn't have enough money at the time to get their monthly uh, subscription so I decided well I think my pledge was like uh, uh, five bucks a month on Patreon and they had special things that you would get you know Patreon's tiered so for those of you listening it's www if you have to say that anymore uh, (laughs) Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com and uh, what's the Safety FM show or you're a patreon so what is the the tiers or what is the the page uh give us the page first and then uh <laughs> well, after the, that talk well, to me page, about the tiers. well the, the page that we have is just patreon.com forward slash safety fm now okay the, what we do is a little bit different <laughs> um because i'm just kind of weird on how i do some of these things so if you went <laughs> to our patreon page we do have some tier things and what I've always tried to avoid because I, I want to be open because I've said this from day one. I don't want 
for Safety FM to be a paid subscription service. Never have, not not part of my plan, not anything that I wanted to do. But people wanted some different access to certain things. So what I have decided to do is what I do is we have three different tiers and I'm not, and believe me, they are tiers for sure. Um, the, the, the first tier that we do is we have something called morning beverage and chat. And really what it consists of is once a week, I actually jump on there between 10 to 15 minutes and we normally schedule it out ahead of time. And it's just kind of a, a private chat group where I'm on a video, people can ask questions and I'm drinking, most of the times I'm drinking um, an energy drink, which I probably should not be drinking, but I'm drinking it anyways. Um, and just kind of answering questions that people have and just kind of going about what's going on for the week, so on. And that's kind of part of what happens and that lasts about 10 to 15 minutes. The next year that we have after that is early access to unedited versions of the Jay Allen show. And then so if we you throw it in. Yeah, as soon as you're done with your your interview or anything on the show, you just throw it in and they get yeah, I, early it, access. It, and it is and when I say early access and unedited, I am telling you full blown unedited. I mean it is not touched. I mean, we don't compress the sound, we don't change the quality of the recording. It's however it came about. So that's that second tier. Now, some of the rated R safety shows we had done pre-recorded. So mm-hmm. we don't do them all pre-recorded. Everything's pretty much live now because of the video content. Except when I do it. <laughs> aspect of it. But it, so that we give you that in the, in the, in the first tier. So the 15, 10, 15 minute um, drink thing. And then the, the last tier that we do is just in that second tier is called safety production. Um, safety FM production tier. The last one is the one that I call I want it all, which is... I think it's kind of crazy, but we just do it the way that it's set up. So it includes everything from the previous two tiers, but the last one actually has a one-on-one video call that we can talk about anything for about an hour, and it's just a personal one. So I go out and speak with the people directly. Um, people tell me that it's much cheaper than my consulting one. <laughs> uh, so, we do, so, we have, so we have it set up that way. We also include every month a shirt from the merch store. So that way you can actually pick a shirt that you want. We also give you producer credits on either the Rated R Safety Show or the Jay Allen Show. What? And then we also will cut a 30-second commercial for you, um, for you to use personally. We don't actually broadcast it um, up to 30 seconds or less um, that I'll record in-house for you. And then everything that's on the on the previous tiers. What? You're yep. going all out. Well, no. Well, I figured that if you wanted everything and you were kind of committing yourself to that, it was, we wanted to give you everything possible opposed to it just being, uh, oh, here, here's a, uh, a way that you can be a patron and not really give you much. I wanted to make sure that if people decided to do that, they were getting really everything there. I mean, I'm not going to invite you. I'm not going to invite you over to the studio, probably. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but <laughs> everything else will. <laughs> yeah, well, truly, that's like the Queen song. I want it all. <laughs> I think that's what came to mind when it was actually coming about with it. And we had originally done the early release tier as the as the last tier. But then I was talking to some people and they said, well, that's you need to release it earlier. Um, it's kind of one of the other tiers. So we did it in the middle tier um, just for the sake of actually having it. But I'm telling you, conversations sometimes that happen outside of what airs are pretty interesting in comparison to some of the stuff that does make the air. And I believe oh, me, yeah. that, that's not one of those lingering sales things. It's just, <laughs> I wish I could go back to some of the previous conversations that I had and release all of those. But being as I did not tell the people at the time that's what I was doing, I don't think it would be a fair approach. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Well, please plug anything you need to plug, brother. I, I really appreciate you spending some time with me on this and helping me understand that. It's so funny because I consider myself a tech-savvy person, but anytime we talk about tech with you, I get like, you know, like a brain fart. <laughs> just like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> just okay, like, so- I'm going to do well now you, you it's not it's I think that sometimes we just we go into a vortex of of text of, of technology when we start talking because I have some of the most difficult times with some of the equipment that I have when you and I are trying to talk to each other and I yeah. don't know why it happens this happens I just think that it's just a vortex suck of technology when we get into it but if I'm going to promote anything the only thing I would want to promote is if you're interested in becoming a safety consultant go to safetyconsultantblueprint.com oh look at you <sighs> my man <laughs> Well, it's the truth. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time and, and advice. And uh, it's been something I know everyone's on the COVID track. And, and I just finished the COVID series for myself. So I'm not saying I'm not doing it too. But uh, we got to think of you know life after COVID-19 as well. And, and I really wanted to say for those people that are trying to get into podcasting, you know, go ahead, do it. it what, what does it hurt? You know, get it. The only thing that I, I did, I did a John Lee Dumas uh, series. Uh, I bought the, the whole set and everything, but he um, he basically said, just make sure you have like five to ten episodes. So when you launch it, then people could actually subscribe to it. So it'll help you with your numbers later. But other than that, I learned everything else from you. you know? <laughs> well, well I, don't, I don't know if there's a lot to learn, but that what you just said is spot on. Um, I would definitely say on the launch of a podcast, you want at least a minimum of five episodes ready to go on day one with the other five being in the on the weekly release or whatever format you're going to use to release in because you want to almost think about it as when people are actually doing binge watching on Netflix. Think about it. They're actually been audio listening. Um, even if you did shorter, shorter episodes, you want to have a zero episode, which is a, the trailer of what you're going to be about. But then have the first five ready to go on whatever that release day is. That way the person can go boom, 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 and then go, I want more. What do I have to do next? Yes. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm very proud to be part of the Safety FM family. And so uh, thank you again for that. Oh, well, no, thank you for coming on and thank you for being the best part of Safety FM. And that is the listener. (laughs) All right. Now, wasn't that a great interview? (laughs) I mean, just listening to Jay has really been great. And I do. I do listen to his advice as well as, you know, his constructive criticism, uh, which is great because they need it. And then also, you know, he's just been there as far as a mentor in this podcasting game. So I thought, this might have been a, a really good time to get him to talk about podcasting because there's so many people now that they're home and their businesses are kind of hit or miss in some areas, have to take a turn, pivot. So in thinking about that, I thought, well, hey, let me, uh, I know a lot of people are going to start getting into podcasting or want to get into podcasting. So I thought, let me go ahead and 
get a hold of them. So here is the tip of the week. The tip of the week is you really want to make sure that if you're going to get into this game, that you are going to choose the thing that is going to help you the most, right? The system that's going to help you the most. And you're going to just do it. I've mentioned this in different ways before about just doing it. That's really what you want to do. Just get out there and do it. Just start. You're going to have to fine-tune things. Yes, I'm not saying that you don't have to have quality. Let's say it that way. Because you will. You will need to have quality in order for you to to uh, you know, have a good longevity in this. <laughs> Try to get past that 15, you know? That's the, the key. I'm in my late 60s, I think, as far as episodes, not my age. But my episodes, I'm not even in my 50s yet. Get close. <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> but anyway, um, just I really think that you have to think of your hosting service. You have to think of your equipment. You also have to think of backup systems. Because right now I'm using a microphone, a short mic. Uh, it's a one of the ones that are wireless and you can walk around and you've seen a lot of people who are doing uh, presenting when they were have a wireless headset mic or maybe even at your gym which i don't know if it's open or not but a lot of people in phase two of reopening america now their gyms are starting to open up and anybody that's doing the crossfit training or bike or cycling or any of that stuff they're truly wearing the same microphone system that i have if it's a good system I had to go through mic after mic after mic just because I needed to get the right sound and I'm still iffy with this one too. I gotta tell you the truth. So I've got another mic that I had to send out that needs some repair uh, or at least replacement. That's what I think it'll end up being. So you gotta pick your equipment right. So all the things that Jay mentioned about the equipment, you could do it. Uh, he even mentioned the have it all package which is on his patreon page and you would just go to uh, the i don't know if it's going to be on the jay allen show or if you're going to see it on safety fm chances are it's going to be on safety fm go on their uh their show and uh podcast.co uh safety fm is probably where you can find it but uh, you could just go look at that and it'll take you to their Patreon page. So I'm pretty sure if you go to patreon.com backslash safety FM, that's probably him, I would imagine. So he's got that you could have it all uh, selection and they will host your show and everything. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Whatever he said when in the show, follow that. I know for me, I only have three slots for my Patreon, and I've got the same thing where, not the same thing, he's got a little different setup. I mean, I'm not producing anything, but I do have three spots where the person who, or the people who choose this on my Patreon page, they're going to get a WordPress uh, site that they're going to have to set up themselves, but they'll have access to the WordSet, uh, WordPress site. Uh, with that site, they're going to have a buddy ball system so they could have a membership site, which is a way of getting re recurring revenue. And then also they're going to have a podcast.co hosting all in the same package. That's why I'm only doing three. I'm only investing 
time, energy into three people, and that's the Let's Build Your Brand. That's the only uh, one that has it as far as my Patreon page. If you go to safety, excuse me, dot com backslash safety consultant, I've got uh, pretty much five tiers there of membership level where you could uh, help support the show. But the very last tier, the one that I'm really going to spend, you know, uh, I'm going to help you brand yourself. Uh, and you're saying to me, hey, Sheldon, I need some help. I need a website. And I want to make sure that I have not only uh, a way for me to get reincurred money by having a membership site, but I also want something as a podcast and I need a host service. So with that give you everything all three of those uh requests will be done in that one level and only three people for that level sorry got to be selective with that because they're going to get a whole bunch of time money and energy uh going into this one they're going to get a whole bunch of time and energy going into this one so i'm very selective as to who's going to get my time all right so anyway if you're going to do this thing the podcasting thing is great it's fun i like it a lot and i guess you might be able to tell that but then also there is a way to monetize so if you're in that level of your business and you're ready to do it go do it get out there and go do it it is really really uh fun it gets you a brand it gets you out there as far as people can hear your message and get a good feel of who you are and then it'll also build that um content up too so it's always good to to well someone has a question and you could direct them straight to a podcast episode you did and that does uh, help with your credibility too right so that is the tip of the week uh if you can please subscribe to this podcast and whatever service you're listening to me on so it could be apple it could be uh, google now has google podcast it could be iHeartRadio or stitcher or spotify or any of the other pod catchers as they're calling them right so any one of those go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you know someone that could really benefit from what i'm saying then go ahead and send them a little link and say hey you need to listen to this guy and I would definitely steer you to the Safety FM uh, website, the Safety FM app. So download that in your app store right now, and you can listen to all of us that are on the Safety FM network. All right. So with that, I'm glad that you are part of my team, and go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.